It's time. All right. Sorry about the technical uh, difficulties we're having uh, today. Um, hello, and welcome to DEMA Live. DEMA Live is an online radio show intended to bring private service professionals, product suppliers, principals, and recruitment agencies together to discuss topics of interest to the high net worth service industry. DEMA Live is produced by Domestic Estate Management Association, a professional trade association with a mission to serve those who serve others. Our website is www.domesticmanagers.com. My name is Beth Sigman, and I'm the events coordinator at DEMA, and I'll be your special guest host today, filling in for Matthew Hack. I'm also joined by our co-host, DJ Haverkamp, a private service professional based in the New York area. This week on the show, we thought it would be fun to talk about how to get hard-to-come-by tickets, making that impossible possible. With the upcoming Super Bowl in Houston this weekend, we thought it would be a timely topic of interest to our private service listening audience. To discuss this topic, we've asked Thorsten Meyer of the Life in Motion Group to join us. If you'd like to chat online with other listeners during the live show, you can do so by registering at the blogtalkradio.com website. If you'd like to submit a question for our guest during the show, please text it to 516 965 6447. That's 516-965-6447. DJ, welcome to the show. Are you going to the Super Bowl? Oh, Beth, I wish. <laughs> I only wish. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> do you have a favorite team playing at least? We have a party here that I'll... What's that? I said, do you at least have a favorite team playing? Uh, well, I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, so I was kind of disappointed when they got knocked out of the playoffs here a few weeks ago. But um, we'll have fun with the game this weekend and certainly enjoy the halftime show and watch the uh, commercials, if nothing else. <laughs> the, the commercials and by the way, it's and the... great to have you on in Matt's place this week. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. It's always uh, good to uh, hang out with you guys and uh, be a part of something different and special. So thank you. Um, we're very excited about uh, the timely nature of today's show. Um, I know the Super Bowl is always a sellout event. One of the things we know from visiting with our private service membership is that often are called on to do executive or personal assistant duties. I know pr uh, principals have asked their estate managers to help them secure hard-to-get tickets from time to time. So we thought it would be interesting to get a little behind-the-scenes look at the world of ticket sales. Thorsten Meyer has been a longtime supporter of DEMA, and so we're excited to welcome him to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's a pleasure. Great. Well, let me start by saying how grateful we are to have you once again um, to take time out of your busy schedule to uh, discuss this topic with us today. Um, before we uh, get started, um, can you just give us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I gotta say, I've always been in the service and luxury hospitality world my entire life. 
Um, I used to work in hotels back in Europe and in the Middle East. I used to do hotel openings. Um, I was the managing director for Leading Hotels of the World, which is the top um, uh, representation group of the top 400 hotels globally. Came to the U.S. Uh, 11 years ago and then nine years ago started my own company, Life in Motion Group. We are a fulfillment agency specializing in global travel, event management, and concierge services with offices in New York, London, and Frankfurt. And we basically do cater to high net worth individuals as well as companies and corporations around the globe um, organizing their travels, their events, their concierge services, any wish they want, and as you said it earlier on, Beth, um, making the impossible possible basically at the end of the day. Very nice. Well, you definitely keep busy then. <laughs> um, I know you sure. work with a lot of um, – major venues like Madison Square Garden and the like. Um, mm -hmm. Let's start by having you tell us a little bit about the world of ticket sales and how it works. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mess, to be honest with you, and it's a little bit complicated to understand. Um, so let's try to do it in little, in little piece-by-piece steps. Basically, at the end of the day, every venue has a seating plan, of course, and they are selling according to that seating plan. Um, and then they will be selling to certain or through certain vendors, uh, in some of the cases, it's their own website, or they use uh, multiple vendors as like Ticketmaster, Telecharge, um, all of those. Um, in most of the cases, online vendors. And then um, in some of the cases, some of the uh, tickets are bought by larger corporations um, or even sponsors. Um, and then, of course, uh, ticket brokers who are actually using that as a business, um, trying to make a profit by buying bulk tickets. Um, the, to understand how the ticket sales works in the background is a little bit complicated um, because you've got to understand that um, for every event, which is completely different from sporting to a musical at a Broadway show or whatever, there are always like many and various and different parties involved, basically. Okay. So how is it possible for a concert or arena to sell out in a matter of minutes? Yeah, well, that's all. <laughs> we, you always love that, right? When 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 it, when it comes and somebody says, "Oh, we sold out in nine minutes," so there's a little bit uh, there's a little bit more um, to this. So number one, let let's say just like a concert, right? And go back to your example from early on at Madison Square Garden. Let's say there's a famous pop artist and they're holding a concert at Madison Square Garden. So you gotta understand that a majority of those tickets um, are actually already held off. Um, for the artist himself, for the agents, for promoters, for record labels, for sponsors, etc., etc. And then the other part of the tickets are basically made available um, to certain uh, fan clubs. Um, even you probably get this in your mail when your credit card company is telling you, oh, we have special exclusive access to XYZ tickets or whatever. And then the rest is grabbed by brokers. Um, and those brokers are, as I said earlier on, they're trying to use certain softwares um, and specializing uh, in, in purchasing multiple of those tickets. Um, the, this is on an online basis, this is done, right? But the other thing is like even a fan club, and that's the case in, uh, in, with regard to a lot of like pop artists and whatnot, 
So those fan clubs, they have thousands and thousands of members, and they really do get on the phone um, and call immediately the second the ticket lines open and purchase those tickets. So yes, it is actually, from, from a technical and logistical point of view, it is possible that a venue sells out in a couple of minutes, but there's more to a story. It's not that like Madison Square Garden has 22,000 seats. It's not that you really had 22,000 people call in or run to the ticket office at the same time because that simply doesn't exist. Yeah, Thorsten, it's been very interesting for me doing the prep for the show to learn some of mm-hmm. the background and figure out like why it is so hard to get a ticket because I know there have been a lot of times when I've tried to go to see a show and couldn't get a ticket, and I've always wondered, like, well, what the heck is going on with that? Because it just doesn't seem right. fair sometimes to me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Like with, with your company, you know, you do a lot of different kinds of things. You get tickets for a lot of folks. What What are some of the big events or some of the kinds of things that your company if I was trying to find tickets, what what would you be able to help me get a ticket for? Yeah, yeah. So let me let me step back a quick second, DJ, there, because when you said it's um, hard to come by tickets, remember back in the day, I remember when I went to my first concert, that was Michael Jackson, and I believe that must have been in 1982 or whatever. You had to go to a ticket office and stand in the line for like three hours in order to purchase that. Yeah, ticket. right. That stuff doesn't exist anymore, right? And, and basically, it's less than a quarter um, of the tickets get actually released to the general public. That is the reason why sometimes it's so difficult uh, to come by tickets. Um, regarding your questions, what type of events we, we uh, help our clients with, is actually everything, to be honest with you. It's a sporting event. We're talking about the Super Bowl today, but it might be um, the NBA uh, finals. Uh, it might be car racing. And boxing is a very important thing for us. And then all those global events, talking about the Olympic Games, about um, soccer, the Euro mm-hmm. Cup, the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of like um, VIP concerts, uh, when you talk about the real artists like Beyonce, uh, Adele, who is really, really popular at the moment with her world tour. Um, a good example here in New York is Hamilton. Hamilton is on such a run since I don't know when, uh, and it's still very, very difficult to come by tickets. And then don't forget other shows or other events, which are usually by invitation or uh, exclusive events, um, such as like fashion shows or uh, Academy, um, Oscars, Academy Awards, uh, the Met Gala, all of these type of things. So it's very, very versatile um, what our clients are asking us for. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the big question of the day. Mm-hmm. My boss comes to me and says, I need six tickets to the Super Bowl. What do I do? And, you know, we're not talking <laughs> just tickets to get in the gate. He wants some of the best tickets in the house because, you know, he's a high, big roller. So yeah. tell me, what, what do I do to, to, to help him out and, and look like a superhero? Yeah. I mean, you know, let, let's do it the real way, right? Because what do we normally do? The first thing what we do is we type in a question into Google, and we probably type in that question and say, how do I get Super Bowl tickets? And I promise you mm-hmm. there will be hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of pages of people telling you they can get you tickets. And quite mm-hmm. honestly, probably 99% of those guys don't have any tickets, and there's a lot of fraud going on. So you've got to be very, very careful, especially with regard to a Super Bowl event. Um, there are only a few um, official uh, vendors for the Super Bowl because they have to be licensed by the NFL, they have to be licensed by the stadium, and um, you have to go through them. 
Granted, there are always like a lot of ticket brokers in between through whom you can go, and there's uh, people on Craigslist and StubHub and whatnot. But again, I would personally always recommend be very, very careful with um, through whom you go, number one, and also what you purchase. So you were saying like with your principal asking for six tickets and uh, not the nosebleed section. Well, we have like me at this very moment, I'm looking at the seat map of the NRG Stadium um, in Houston, Texas for the Super Bowl. And um, we can also tell you in a very, very quick second uh, where those seats would be, uh, what the vantage point would be. Um, I think it's also important to give your principal then the feedback of an insider knowledge. So I, I just had the other day somebody wanted to sit within the first 10 rows of the of the field. That is great because you really feel the atmosphere and you're very, very close to everything what's happening. However, you're actually sitting so low that you don't really see the whole game Yeah, because you're kind of like, Mm-hmm. a little bit over the eyesight of the play- players, and that, that limits your, your experience over there. So uh, it goes into multiple ways, and, and you've you got to talk to the right people who have the right knowledge and most certainly who really have the access for those tickets. So what I'm getting from all of this, it's not really what it what, – who like it basically comes down to who you know when it comes to finding these hard-to-find tickets. Uh, yeah, I, I know you don't want to hear that as an answer, but yes, that, that that's the point. At the end of the day, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, it is it really is who you know, who your connections are, and and you know, take Super Bowl as an example. Um, I don't know personally every seat over there, and I don't know every person who's holding tickets or whatever. But we have our vetted sources with whom we worked for a long, long time, and where we know that those tickets come directly from the source. The problem is also, especially for an event like the Super Bowl, you've got to be careful because some of the tickets, they, they are fraud, and people are somehow came across how the ticket is going to look, and they're trying to sell those tickets. I don't know if you've seen it the other day on Fox News, uh, 10 days ago, actually. They found a ring of people who fraud the tickets, who copy the tickets, um, and then try to sell those tickets. So you've you got to make sure you're going through the, the real sources, the real vendors, and the real connections. And at the end of the day, that's a network. Yes, it really is. It really comes down to whom you know. Very good. So, Thorsten, not to add, not to ask you to give anyway, away any of your trade secrets, but, like, if, <laughs> what would you do? Like, what do you do when you're hunting down these tickets? Like, like if I call you up and say... <clears throat> My principal wants to wants to go to some big event and wants to see the Adele concert and wants to get backstage. Yeah. How well, yeah. well, what are you going to do? I mean, can you can you tell us generally? I mean, I'm not asking you to tell us all your trade secrets, but what kind of things might you be doing to help me get get those tickets? Yeah, I have basically I have three ways, and it's only three ways, and it's always going to be the same three ways. Number one is we have a ticket broker who are a licensed ticket broker. We know how much money they make. We know how they make the money, and we've vetted them for years. And we speak to them, and we will find out if they have the tickets, if they don't have the tickets. It's a long-lasting relationship where they're also honest with us if they, in case they don't have something. Number two, if we know the venue ourselves, we go directly to the venue. Um, in the case of Houston, I don't. In the case of MetLife Stadium, as an example, or the Dallas Cowboys Stadium or whatever, we do know the venue, and we go directly to, um, to the venue and talk to the venue. You've got to have the right person over there, but 
over the years you build up that relationship. Number three, course of action for us, uh, for us is, and that happens actually quite often, that we know of clients, of our clients who actually have season tickets or he, who bought tickets to an event and they can't go and they want to resell it. We just had it the other day. We have a gentleman who was one of our corporate travelers. We, we talked to him probably every other week and he bought the entire Knicks seasons here in New York. And the Knicks are not that successful this year. He's not really happy. He has courtside tickets. And he asked us and said, do you want to buy those tickets off us? We're not buying tickets off anybody and just have them sit here and wait for them to be resold. But we most certainly will come across somebody who asks. And guess what? Last Saturday, we had a very, very last-minute call, and somebody says, oh, can you get me four seats, ideally courtside at the Knicks game? Mm-hmm. Bang. There it was. Mm-hmm. So we called this client, this existing client of ours, and said, did you get rid of your tickets? Can we purchase them off you? We pick the tickets up, deliver to the client, and here's the deal. But for me... So as I said, these are the three ways we go. We don't go any other way. If you want us to go through StopHuff, if you want us to go through Craigslist or whatever, we will decline this request from you because this is not what we do, and we cannot guarantee that all of the transaction is legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. I know um, in my two or three or four years now being a part of the association that one of the biggest benefits that I have gained is the, just the numbers of people that I've gotten to meet, like yourself, for instance, that I would never have known before if I hadn't been part of, of our the Estate Managers Association. And, you know, I, it has just opened up so many doors and has been such a blessing for me personally just to have gotten to know people like yourself and Beth and a lot of the other vendors that we've interviewed past in our show. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to tell anybody that's listening that, that's considering the Estate Management Association, that it is an incredibly good way to build your network and to get to know people that you might not otherwise get to know. And, you know, networking is such an important part of one of a person's career, especially in private service. So what, the question I want to ask, Dorson, is what's your advice on networking? Like if, if, if you were going to counsel somebody that's kind of young and just getting into private service, and and you wanted to give them some advice on how to build their network, how to keep track of the people they've met, you know, just what what is your wisdom over the years for how you keep track of all the people that you've met and you have in your network? So basically I'm a I'm a huge believer of networking. Um uh I, I gotta tell you the everything what I have is relationships and is the network I have. Um, mm-hmm. the, I think the most important thing is building, um, building up that relationship and do the networking and make sure that you can meet as many people as you can. Because over the years, you know, listen, I'm in this industry now in, in my profession for, for 25 years. I don't know how many people I've met over all those years, but I have a very, very good network. And I know, as, as you said at the very beginning, in some of the cases, I don't know somebody, but I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. And this is all what you have is your network and it's your relationship. 
You know, Dima, to me, is a prime example. You've got to attend the meetings. You can't wait that people call you or that people approach you or whatever. You've got to attend the meetings. And when at the meetings, you've got to network with everybody. And you've got to talk about all those different things and, and maybe your concerns. Or do you know somebody who can help me with a private jet? Do you know somebody who can help me with my carpet cleaning or with my marbles, um, uh, which I have in the bathroom and stuff like this? Mm-hmm. To me... That is absolutely pivotal, and it's absolutely important. There's nothing if – you, if you would ask me what I have, I don't even have a business. What I have is a network, and I have relationships. That's all mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep track of all these people that you've met? Like, is there a system? Do you have a little black book, or do you use Outlook, yeah. or – how do you, how do you yeah, keep track no, of everybody? Yeah, yeah, we do. So back in the day, I started with everything, like writing it all down and having a little black book. And then I was concerned about losing that black book. And then I went to the uh, little Filofax where you had all the Rolodex where you had all your business cards in there and whatnot. <laughs> um, we, we are using now for, for our business purposes, we are using now a um, a uh, custom-made um, uh, version of Salesforce where we basically track every single thing in there, movements and what people do and their contact details and when we've been in contact with them the last time. So for us, this is all linked together, uh, not only the, the contact details, but also like opportunities and transactions and all of that stuff. So we have that all on, on Salesforce um, uh, with us for all of the offices. Yeah. Very good. Well, on that note, I would like to take just a little uh, break and and kind of keep everybody in the loop of what are, what are some things that are happening uh, this year with DEMA. Uh, and speaking of tickets, you know, we have our national convention coming up uh, September 15th through the 17th. Uh, we're very excited uh, for this year. It's at the uh, beautiful Ritz-Carlton Orlando. And uh, some exciting changes that we have made with the convention is adding uh, courses, classes for um, individuals that may not be attending the career day. You know, that's always been a huge hit, but we decided to also add some benefit for individuals that may not need uh, some career, uh, you know, opportunities and so forth. So we're excited about that. So make sure you guys arrive on Thursday night. Uh, we have, uh, you know, some great plans for a fun Friday evening and Saturday evening. I know we have some big shoes to fill from uh, our amazing events that we had last year in in Scottsdale. So um, keep up to date with convention news. We have some wonderful sponsors um, on board, and speakers are being announced as we speak. So go to www.demaconvention.com to stay up to date with the latest uh, news and make sure you uh, get your rooms uh, reserved so that uh, uh, you're not locked out. And the other thing, too, is, you know, we had a, a fabulous January events, and, and I know New York, uh, Tri-State had a wonderful event last night, and, and DJ, can you just give a little brief uh, snippet of, of how last night went for you guys? Minus the weather. How about well, that? We sure <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, and do that. We had a great event. We actually, uh, the podcast that we did uh, three weeks ago where we talked about career development, with uh, Donna Shannon and David Gonzalez, uh, we used that basically a lot of the things that we talked about from that podcast during our meeting last night and had a presentation on how to develop one's career in private service and the kinds of things that one can be doing to build out your skill base to make you a better 
uh, and more uh, skilled in your job. And we had a great group discussion. We had, I don't know, how many people were there last night, Thorsten? Maybe 60? I don't know. I didn't get a final count. Uh, six, a pretty 67, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's a, a great turnout. Group. Great. That's yeah. great. And, and I know you guys night, had a... Uh, a little snow, so that's wonderful that everybody was able to uh Yeah, partake. even with the snow yeah. yesterday, people turned out. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, congratulations on a wonderful event, and I know you guys have a great luxury event coming up uh, the end of February as well. So, um, you know, I'm actually in the process of updating February events on the website. So, you know, make sure you guys go to the website and uh, click on the events page to see uh, where events are happening. We have one in San Francisco and, and Dallas and Denver, so we're excited um, with, um, with all the events happening. So um, one of the questions I have received from Richard, um, he wants to know, Thorsten, have you um, ever had a request from a client to get an artist to do a private performance for a Sweet 16? Um, not only for Sweet 16, for multiple different things. I've, I've uh, booked um, artists for private performances in front of corporations for their like their annual incentive for their holiday party, but also Sweet 16 or any type of birthday or whatever. Yeah, not a problem. We can help with that. Um, it's sometimes a little bit more expensive than you would actually think. Um, if you want to have um, uh, the Rolling Stones to play 45 minutes or if you want to have uh, Jay-Z or um, some really good people to play for 45 minutes, I, I got to tell you it's not cheap, but it's absolutely doable. It's not a problem at all. Very nice. So that was, it's nice to dream. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was um, reading – um, an article last week, and um, it was talking about a Ponzi scheme regarding ticket sales. And um, mm. what are some tips on avoiding being scammed? I, you know, with the Internet and everybody's so focused on, yeah. you know, Internet, what, what are some tips that you have? Yeah, you probably read the same what I was referring to earlier on, what I saw on Fox News, um, because there was apparently like a ring of, uh, uh, ticket resale dealers and, and whatnot. You know, listen, I, I mean, it's very, very difficult, especially if this is something what you're not familiar with. And as DJ said earlier on, you have that question from your principal where they're saying, give me those six tickets now and just make it happen. And, and, and you don't know. I think there's two things to say about this. Number one, if it sounds too good, it probably is too good to be true. Um, so follow a little bit your gut feeling. Quite honestly, if somebody offers you a Super Bowl ticket for under $3,000, I promise you that ticket is fraud. Uh, you think you have a bargain, but it's most certainly fraud. Um, or if somebody tells you, um, I have a Hamilton ticket for 180 bucks, I promise you either you're sitting outside or you're not sitting anywhere. Um, so you gotta be you gotta be a little bit careful. You gotta follow your gut feeling. Popular events are popular and they are expensive. And then, okay. with regard to the other thing, honestly, I would always say reach out to legit companies, reach out to licensed companies who know what they are doing. Um, I understand that not all of the DEMA members can use our services, and I totally appreciate that, but there are many other people who do what we do. Um, just make sure you check them um, and you vet them. Uh, follow the DEMA recommendations and the DEMA vendor membership. We are part of the uh, vendor membership, as an example. 
um, and have them vetted and have them screened. They got to be licensed and they got to be legit. Otherwise, I would stay far away from them. And one tip, most certainly, everybody loves um, Craigslist and and Backpage and all of those things or whatever. Stay away from this stuff. Right. So um, I know StubHub. Like we're big football, you know, college football fans, and so we, you know, tend to do StubHub like for last minute tickets and stuff. I mean, are those types of um, you know, concierge services and VIP, you know, concierge. What are your thoughts on them and, um, you know, and buying tickets from resellers? Right. I, I mean, in general, if you have somebody who is a legit reseller, there's no problem at all to work with them. Um, but I wouldn't just follow every single listing which is on there. Um, I try to find out if I know them or I would try to find out if I know them. Um, I would ask them a couple of questions. I would ask them to um, explain to me how the ticket looks. Where is the ticket at the moment? Uh, this is also a huge thing these days um, because some of the tickets are not uh, hard copy anymore. Uh, they are on uh, PDF um, with a QR code and stuff like this. But there are certain ways of finding out if those tickets are uh, real or they're not real. And then, as I said earlier on, there there's only a few and a handful of like really officially licensed reseller and brokers um, of those type of tickets, and you got to work with them. Quite honestly, there are thousands of concierge companies in the United States, um, but that doesn't mean that all of them are professional and um, provide you good service. Right. Well, and along with trying to find a reputable, you know ticket sales it's it's the price Absolutely. too Thorsten. you know it's yeah. you know we had the national championship here in Tampa um last or a couple weeks ago and you know one day the ticket price was you know $125 and then 6 hours later it's already $500 you know and and so yeah. what's your thoughts on um how to know if you're paying too much for a ticket or or taking getting taken advantage of yeah, it's, it's actually, at the end of the day, it's supply and demand as always, right? So, I mean, you have this, sometimes when you want to go to um, uh, King of Line, right, um, Broadway show, and it's very, very last minute, and it's a, uh, whatever, it's the Christmas day, or it's a Saturday before Christmas, or whatever, you can purchase tickets, or you might even end up with a ticket in your hand where it clearly says on the ticket printed $180, however you, you spend $380 on it. And it's simply dictated by the people who have those tickets and who are then reselling the tickets. As I said earlier on, when you're like a season ticket holder, you want to make some money on it, of course. So that person bought the tickets a long time in advance, and now is trying to resell it, and everybody is trying to make money. What I would always recommend is when you look at certain tickets and you have the feeling they're too expensive, just get a couple of comparisons um, and try to compare what other people are offering for those tickets or what they are selling for those tickets. The, the, the point is really there is, no, there is no limit to the sky because a busy event can go into the thousands and thousands and thousands. There is a certain row at the Super Bowl this weekend, and this entire row is $18,000 per seat, uh, and you can buy 20 of those. $18,000 multiplied by 20, that's a lot of money, no question about it. But this is actually the, Maybe real, I'll go after the real price for it. <laughs> but that's the real price for it. It's not an a inflated rate or whatever. That's the real price for it. It is what it is. Wow. It's very DJ, are you going to take me? <laughs> yeah, maybe we all, we all go down together. A little Dima so, field trip. Listen, 
<laughs> there you go. Dorothy, what about, uh, you know, I, I, uh, earlier in the show you were saying that a lot of tickets are bought up by the producers and the artists themselves and promoting promoters. Would there ever be a reason for me to try to reach out to the producer to try to get into that pool of tickets somehow if I was trying to find a last-minute ticket? I mean, honestly, you can reach out to anybody, and you nowadays you can find easily out emails and names and whatnot. Um, the only question is if you know that person or if you don't know that person. Because I can tell you one thing. The producer of Justin Bieber um, or Adele or whatever, they get, when it's coming close to a show date, they get thousands and thousands of emails. And quite honestly, yeah, they don't even respond mm-hmm. to those emails anymore. Yeah? Mm-hmm. If you know them, absolutely great. I know a lot of tour managers um, because we, we some of those um, artists are actually our clients and we work with a tour manager. And if I need a ticket for a VIP or one of your principals, I must certainly go straight to the tour manager or the EA of this uh, celebrity or the artist. If you have the contact and if they know you, that most certainly will work. But um, a random email, that will go unanswered. Yeah, yeah. Which really takes us back to what we were saying before about how absolutely critical networking is in all this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very true. So listen, one of the things we try to do is ask all of our guests uh, with the association, one of the things that we're really promoting is that members of the the association have a very professional attitude and a a professional Mm -hmm. approach towards their work and their their career. So we'd like to ask our guest, Thorsten, just to share with us a few thoughts on how you um, use professional attitude and a professional approach towards your business and towards what you're doing in your industry. Um, I, I have to go back to my father um, because there's three things my father taught me um, and he taught me that in a very, very early life and sometimes um, I didn't understand what he was talking about and sometimes I was laughing about him and now I'm you know, running a business and have uh, a ton of people work for me and everything. So he always said to me, there's only three things which really matter in life. Number one is honesty, number two is loyalty, and number three is being professional at all times. Um, and, you know, when I was like, whatever, 12 and started my own little uh, uh, newspaper delivery business and whatnot, I didn't understand what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> but now I totally get it. And quite honestly, um, these are my three principles. Honesty, loyalty, and professionalism um, is more worth to me than a single dollar in the pocket. Um, and it goes to, like, look, you guys have principles you can't really talk about. I have clients I can't really talk about. And professionalism goes so far that you're sitting at a restaurant and you can't shout out the name. You don't want a name drop and you don't want to talk about it because you're, you're loyal to your principal, you're loyal to your client, um, and you're trying to protect them at all times. And I think um, this is what I liked about Dima when I came in contact with Dima at the beginning. Nobody is name dropping there. Nobody's trying to show off uh, or trying to make a point or prove a point or whatever. It's professional at all mm-hmm. time. And um, I think that's very important for every network days. Yeah, and if anything, at, at the association, it's just the opposite. People are very guarded and private about how they Correct. talk about things with their friends. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Correct. So listen, one of the other things I'd love to ask you is, um, you know, you do other things besides get hard-to-find tickets for folks. Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. some of the event planning and, 
some of the other kinds of things that you're involved with that, that kind of may fall under this and, and maybe some of the trends that you're seeing in your industry. We always love to ask our guests what they see yeah. kind of coming down the road, what's popular, what's what's falling out of favor. What, what do you see as the trends? What, what's happening out there in, the, in your industry? Yeah, so so my business is very, very versatile. And I, I got to tell you, as as uh, hectic and, and confusing it sometimes can be for my staff, but I love the fact that it's very, very versatile um, because we do anything and everything. Um, for individual clients, we book their holidays, we take care of their private <coughs> jets, we book regular flights, commercial airlines, hotel rooms, cars, restaurant reservations, anything. And then for companies, we organize their meetings, we organize their incentives, their getaways. Um, one of my clients over the years became a world uh, champion middleweight boxing, uh, Gennady Genovkin, Triple G. And for him, we organize the entire fight when he comes to Madison Square Garden and he fights the next opponent there. Um, so this is car security, uh, weigh-in press conferences, hotels in the back end, floor tickets, VIPs, backstage, everything. So it's, it's, it's very, very versatile what we do. And it doesn't matter if it's a little budget or a big budget. For us, the service component is always the same. And quite honestly, if it's two people, um, or if it's 200 people, the work we do and the high touch we do is the same regardless. Um, to answer your question about the trend, a real trend I'm seeing, especially in 2016 and actually continues in 2017, is um, people are expecting more than they've ever seen before. It's not necessarily about bargains or whatever, uh, people are willing to spend money, but the second they're spending money, they want the real service. They want an experience they never had before. They want to be somewhere where they've never been before, or they want to get a service they've never had before in their life. So mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. it's more and more service-driven, and it's more and more experiential um, than anything else. You can most mm -hmm. certainly get everything online these days, um, mm -hmm. But to get a real special experience, to get a real service, at the end of the mm -hmm. day, it's people making that happen. Um, and this mm -hmm. is why probably we've been in 2016 rather successful uh, in making those dreams come true. Yeah, that's Thorsten. fantastic, Thorsten. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Beth. I'm sorry. Um, Thorsten, do you find it easier or, or about the same to find, um, you know, event tickets here in the States? Or over, you know, in Europe, and and, and st is it a little bit different? What is the process? No, it's the same. It's the same process in green. Um, at the end of the day, there are there are different people, different venues, uh, different mm -hmm. events, and whatnot, and different processes in between. But at the end of the day, um, the grand scheme of things, it's, it's identical. So, I have offices here in New York, in London, and in Frankfurt. Um, and if we have a U.S. client traveling to London, as an example, and they want to go to uh, the Robbie Williams at, um, um, and now I'm blanking, Royal Albert Hall, thank you very much, uh, okay. one of the very, very old and amazing uh, venues in, in London, um, it's the same in green. My London office is um, talking to the venue directly and then getting tickets. So it's, it's nearly identical. Okay. But it's, uh, to answer the question, I think this is where you were aiming at. Is it more difficult to get tickets overseas? No, it's not. Again, you just need to know the right people. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a great take-home lesson. 
Thorsten, I want to ask you real quick. I, I was uh, doing some research on this topic earlier in the week, and I came across something mm-hmm. called uh, Care Ticks. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Mm-hmm. It's um, a program that mm-hmm. uh, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS has where if you make a donation to their organization that you can get some of these hard-to-find tickets. Are you familiar with that? Is that, is that just something you yeah. Yeah, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful um, institution. Basically, what you do, you buy tickets, and then a certain amount of that ticket uh, value is actually donated to their charity. Um, the challenge you have with them, again, it's a it's a wonderful institution, and I think everybody should support it. The challenge what they do have though is they don't have those tickets in house. They don't have the tickets wait there. So basically what they do on a case-by-case basis, upon request, they're reaching out to the producers of those events. And then mm-hmm. they're trying to ask them to donate those tickets. They will sell that ticket to you. And then, of course, portion of your price you pay for it is then donated to the charity. So this is the whole process in there. And if you need something very, very last minute, um, or if you need something what is already sold out or difficult to come by, it's tricky um, to work with them. But as an example for like a ton of like Broadway shows um, and theater events or whatever, that's a wonderful institution, no question. Yeah. Yeah. I actually so, have so a let question. Me ask you. Go ahead, Beth. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I have a um, a question from an estate manager that wanted to know, um, how does working with a firm like like Life in Motion Group um, benefit a PSP? Well, it's a couple of things. Um, I think there's a lot of services and a lot of uh, work you guys can do yourself because over the years you've built up your book of vendors and your book of contacts and everything. Um, but what benefits really is the stuff where you don't know anymore and where you don't have the connections and where you don't know how do I actually get to that resort um, in the Middle East or how do I get to that little villa on that private island in the Caribbean and stuff like this. This is where we come in because we have the knowledge, we have the experience, we have seen the property or we know somebody who has seen the property and where we can provide benefit and advantage to them using our services. And as I said earlier on, Beth, the the services we provide are completely different. Some people just need a table at that always sold out restaurant and now it's the 50th birthday of the missus and the mister wants to invite her and he really wants to get that table and they can't get hold of that table this is one call the other call we just had it the other day somebody heard about this beautiful little island in the caribbean and wanted to know do they have villas how do i get there how do i fly there what do i do when i'm on the ground and whatnot so this is really when we come in with our knowledge and help very good, very good. Well, before we go, um, Thorsten, can you give us your contact information in case any of our listeners wants to get in touch with you directly? Yeah, um, website is very, very easy to remember. is lifeinmotiongroup.com. That is lifeinmotiongroup.com. Um, the phone line for our office, and we actually do offer 24-7 services, is 212-206-0108. And now we come to the email, and everybody misspelling my name. Um, Torsten <laughs> is spelled T-H-O-R-S-T-E-N, T-H-O-R-S-T-E-N, ed, and then again, lifeinmotiongroup.com. Very good. You uh, you shared a lot of great information and, and details, and it was kind of fun to hear the behind-the-scenes of how uh, you can get those uh, awesome tickets on 
Um, DJ, did you have any last thoughts? Nope, nope. Uh, other than just to tell folks on how much I appreciate your being willing to take time to talk with us today. Um, I think you've yeah, been a great interview. Thank so thanks, thanks again so much. Well, uh, thank you guys. We're out of fun. <laughs> well, we are out of time uh, for this edition of uh, DEMA Live. Uh, Thorsten, thank you uh, for sharing your time and your insights regarding this topic. And DJ, it was a fun. Uh, maybe I need to send Matt away more often uh, so I can uh, yeah. have uh, fun with you on Wednesdays. So uh, um, if fun. you have any, <laughs> if you have any questions uh, regarding how you can uh, become more involved in your local chapter of DEMA. Or if you have questions about the private service industry, uh, please feel free to contact us at info at domesticmanagers.com. If you'd like to uh, be a guest on the show or have a suggestion for a potential topic or guest you'd like to uh, like us to interview, please contact us at the same email. And, uh, yeah, uh, stay tuned. We have uh, our next DEMA Live will be February 8th, and we'll be sending out more details uh, in regard to that. So, um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I've, um, it's been fun hosting this event. And on behalf of my colleagues and the staff at DEMA, thank you for allowing us to serve you. Have a great day. Perfect. Thank you.